Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, good morning everybody. It's absolutely wonderful to see you all this morning and also a welcome to all those listening at home on our podcast too. So as Dave said, um, today is just a standalone message, something that's very fresh that God actually really put on my heart just a couple of days ago, but I believe that it can really be something that can impact our lives. So I'm going to be speaking about something today that some of us love, feel very comfortable with, some of us really don't like it and feel very uncomfortable with it. Some of us may have lots of this certain thing, some of us may not have enough of this certain thing, some of us may want way more of this certain thing, some of us may want less of this certain thing. Have I confused yet? We're speaking about seasons of silence. Silence. What an interesting word. Now, if you're a parent here in the room today, particularly with young children, when silence descends upon your home, but all your children are there, panic usually strikes in your heart because silence can mean one of a couple of things in our home. Silence means the children have made their way into the fridge. They are now taking out chocolate and the forbidden things out the fridge. They are eating it as quick as they possibly can. That is why they are silent, not because they are cleaning the home and being good. Silence, it can make us think and feel lots of different things. Have you ever been in a conversation and you are about to introduce one person to another and suddenly an awkward silence descends as you forget the name of the person you are about to introduce? Is that just me? Has that happened to anybody else? And you feel, you feel that awkward silence. Silence, we find silence when we're waiting in a, a doctor's surgery or a dentist's surgery and all the ones I go to, everyone sits there really quiet, really silent, waiting for your name to be called to enter in. And as I just said, silence with young children particularly can be a funny thing. A few weeks ago, my sister told me a funny story that she'd got a friend over, and my sister's got uh, a three-year-old, my niece, Francesca, and Francesca, her three-year-old, was playing with another three-year-old, and my sister and her friend, the other mother, were in the kitchen chatting away. And suddenly they thought, silence has descended upon the lounge with two three-year-olds. This cannot be good. So my sister, like a good mother, went to investigate the situation. No, they're not in the lounge. That's unusual. Where could they be? I've told them not to go upstairs. So my sister climbed the stairs. Not in the bathroom. 
Let's go to the bedroom. She's not in her bedroom. Let's go to my bedroom. And my sister enters the bedroom to see a dismal sight. Francesca had made her way to my sister's makeup bag. In that makeup bag, girls, if you know your makeup, we're talking good makeup. She had in there Estee Lauder, Bare Minerals, her posh mascara, posh lipstick, and my sister was greeted with this particular sight. Absolute travesty of the concealer, the foundation, the mascara, it's all a mess. Silence did not bring a good result in this particular situation. But what does silence actually mean? Well, most of us will think of silence as being the absence of sound or noise. And that is indeed one of the definitions of silence, absence of sound or noise. But silence can also mean a sense of being forgotten, concealment, and hidden. Interesting, the absence of sound and noise, but also to be forgotten, concealed, and hidden. And I wonder if you have ever been in seasons of your life where you feel it's silent. It's just silent. Maybe you've been praying a prayer that has not yet been answered. And you keep coming to God and coming to God and coming to God and you just feel as if you get back silence. Maybe you're in a situation that you desperately want that situation to change but nothing seems like it's happening. It's just silent. It's just the same. Maybe you've got some decisions to make and you're looking around for answers. Maybe you're even asking God for answers, but you just feel everything's a little bit silent. Maybe you've been seeking a partner. You want to get married. Maybe you want to have a family, but nothing's happening. There's no partner on the horizon. Somehow, you can't have that child that you're longing for. It just feels silent. Maybe a situation's come into your life. Something you didn't see coming. It's messed things up. It's changed the course of where you're going. And suddenly you're left just feeling silent. Maybe even forgotten. It's just silent. All of us have seasons of our life where it just feels like silence. Maybe you're in one of those seasons now, a season of silence. Maybe you've been in a season of silence, which even now you're casting your mind back to. Maybe somewhere in your future, for all of us, we can guarantee we're going to hit a season of silence. But how do you react in the silence. Maybe we can get disappointed and think, I'm going to throw the lot in. It's not worth it. Maybe we get 
discouraged in a season of silence when we're not getting our answer. We're not getting our breakthrough. The situation's not changing. We get discouraged. Maybe some of us get angry. Maybe we get worried. Maybe we decide just to shrink back and take steps even away from God and distance ourselves from him. Well, this morning, just for a few moments, we're going to be looking at a character in the Bible, one of my favorite characters, who had to journey through an incredible season of silence. This person knew what it felt like to be forgotten. This person knew what it felt like to be hidden away. This person knew what it felt like to be concealed. This person knew what it felt like just to be alone. This person could have felt utterly hopeless and utterly despairing. But this person has an incredible end to their story. So welcome, Joseph, the dreamer. We find Joseph in the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 37. And I haven't got time today to unravel the whole story. We're going to be going for a whistle-stop tour. But why not at home? Check out Genesis 37 to 41. Get into this man and find out the incredible story he has. But some of us may know the story of Joseph. Joseph was 17 years old when we meet him. He was a handsome man. He wore a special tunic. His dad really loved him. And Joseph had some dreams. And he shared a couple of these dreams with his brothers. But have you ever shared something with someone that later on you think, I shouldn't have told that person that thing? This was the classic of all situations. Joseph Bucklett, no, he didn't. He told his brothers the dreams, to which they responded, you think you're better than us, do you? And they remembered, and his father remembered too. And eventually, one day, Joseph went out to find his brothers, and they said, hey, look, here comes the dreamer. It's time to teach the dreaming boy a lesson. And in their, maybe their anger, maybe their um, jealousy, they decided to throw Joseph into a pit. He's pretty silent in a pit. The pit didn't even have water in to make a noise. It was a silent place. They decided, though, let's not leave him there. We see some travellers. They called over the travellers and said, here, take this one. We'll sell him to you. So Joseph is suddenly ripped from his father's home, sold to travellers to become a slave, and on his way to Egypt. His dad thought he was dead. He was as good as dead to his brothers. Suddenly, Joseph's future looks completely silent. He looks hopeless. It looks like if he could just stay alive, he'll be doing good. But see, 
the story unravels that Joseph goes to Egypt and he, he lands in a home called Potiphar. Potiphar is one of Pharaoh's high officials and Joseph works well in the home. God is with Joseph to the point where Potiphar says, I like this boy. I like you that much. I'm going to put you in charge of all of my home. All is going well with Joseph. Maybe Joseph thinks, yeah, this is, there's a hope here. Until one day, Potiphar's wife thinks, I like him. In fact, I like him too much. I like him more than I like my husband. And she wants to sleep with Joseph. She throws herself on Joseph. She was probably beautiful. Oh, could be an opportunity for Joseph. He's had a rough ride. It's not even his fault being here. This could be just a little bit of, little bit of soothing, a little bit of pleasure. No. The Bible says that Joseph sees the temptation and he's like, I'm getting out of here. I'm not even stopping to look and see if it looks nice. I'm going. And as he goes, Potiphar's wife then makes up a story that Joseph had tried to rape her. And eventually, the story unfolds and Potiphar says, throw him into the prison. He's already been thrown into the pit. He's been pulled out of the pit. Now he's been thrown somewhere else, into a prison. I'd say the prison was a pretty silent place. His brother thinks he's dead. His father thinks he's dead. His brothers hate him. He's been accused of. He's been lied about. Now he's thrown into a prison. That's a season of silence. There's not a lot of good sound happening around Joseph. He's totally forgotten. He's totally hidden. More silence. But you see... The story unfolds that as Joseph is in the prison, once again, God's with him. And God gives him favour and he's promoted again. Promoted to the point where he's in charge of all the prisoners. He's given great responsibility because the favour of God is with him. But why? Why was he in there? Have you ever felt a bit forgotten? You ever felt a little bit like, I thought things were going to work out like that, but actually, it's completely going the other direction. As your plan got completely railroaded and other stuff has come into your life that you didn't really see happening, have you ever felt like you're just hidden? Maybe you've got dreams in you. Joseph had dreams in him. He had dreams in him. Where were the dreams now? What were the dreams doing for him now? Look where the dreams have got him. Maybe for some of us, we've got dreams in us. But they just feel hidden. They feel locked away. They feel like they're getting me nowhere. These dreams that are in me. You see, but Joseph, Joseph teaches us incredible things about when we're passing through a season of silence. And later on, we're going to see where the story goes more. 
But I, I said earlier that Joseph was 17 when he had the dream, 17 when he told his brothers and his dad and his mother, 17 when he was thrown in the pit. And there's a season when Joseph goes to Potiphar's house, then Joseph is thrown in prison. That season lasts not six months, not a year, not a couple of years, not three years at a push, not five years, 13 years. The Bible clearly tells us 13 years of his season where it all seems totally messed up. It all seems like it's gone wrong. 13 years where he's tucked away in a prison. 13 years where he's not, he's not recognised. 13 years where his dad still thinks he's dead. 13 years where he's probably wrestling on the inside. 13 years where he feels forgotten. 13 years where he's still carrying those dreams thinking, what's it all about? We struggle after a week. If we're hanging in there for a month with God, we think we're doing well. But Joseph really shows us the keys to living a life, even through the seasons of silence. So I'm going to take us through quickly three things that Joseph teaches us through these silent years. Number one. God's at work in your silence. God's at work in your silence. You see, God had never once left Joseph. Not in the pit, not on his way to Egypt to be sold as a slave, not in Potiphar's house when he got accused of rape, and not when he was thrown in the prison. God never left Joseph. In fact, we have the benefit of seeing the end of the story. That actually, in all of those years, in those years of silence when he was in the prison, God was weaving an incredible plan for Joseph's life. Something far better than Joseph could ever imagine. And here's the thing. God's got a plan even when it feels silent. He's still got a plan. God's got a plan for your life when it feels as if nothing's happening. Nothing's going forward. Nothing's changing. God has still got a plan for your life. Just because it's silent in your world doesn't mean nothing's happening. Just because you can't see the answers and just because the situation's not changing, it doesn't mean it's silent. In fact, the Bible tells us that it's never silent because in heaven, Jesus is praying for you night and day. There's a sound in heaven for you even when it feels silent. So even when you don't get the situation you're in, even if it's not mapping out like you think it should, even if you've got to pray that prayer again and again and again, it doesn't mean God's not doing stuff over your life and for your life. You see, during your times of silence, God is setting you up for something good. He's setting you up for it. And when does he usually do it? 
in the times of silence. See, God might be saying this morning, Catherine, one more prayer and there's a breakthrough. Thelma, one more kind act and you're going to get what you're praying for. Richard, one more step of faith and you're going to see a breakthrough. But we might see silence, but God sees something completely different. See, your silence can turn into a sound, an incredible sound over your life. God's setting you up for something good. God's at work in your silence. Where's your silence in your life today? Where are you waiting? Where's that thing that's not yet changed? Where's that prayer that's not being answered? Where's that person in a situation where you really want it to change? Where's your silence? Well, God's working in it. God's working in it. God's working in it. And there's a prayer in heaven that's going on for you today. Secondly, Joseph had to speak out to his silence. Joseph had to speak out to his silence. You see, Joseph had a lot of time on his hands in prison. Maybe particularly when he first got there, before he was promoted to more responsibilities. And he could have sat in prison and thought, this ain't fair. This ain't fair. I'm I'm the dreamer boy. This is not fair. He could have chose to become bitter, angry, resentful, hostile, awkward. He could have chosen all of those attitudes, but I don't believe Joseph chose any of that. Why? Because you wouldn't promote someone with a stinking bad attitude. Who would you promote? You'd be looking for people who were like, leave it with me, I'm, going to, I'm on it. Leave it with me, I'm going to make it work. Don't worry, I'll sort this one. That's the people you'd promote. You see, I believe that instead of Joseph sitting there in prison with that attitude, I believe Joseph probably had several conversations with God that probably went a bit like this. God... I don't get it. I don't understand. You gave me those dreams. I thought you were speaking to me. I thought you were going to elevate me. You were going to use me. But I don't understand it. Why was I thrown in the pit? Why did Potiphar's wife lie about me? I didn't, I didn't want to sleep with her. I wanted to do the right thing. And God, it's got me here. And this is a hard place. It's a silent place. Maybe I'll never even see my dad and my mum and my brothers again. But God, you're still God. You're still God. And maybe, just maybe, you've still got a plan for me. Just maybe, just maybe, those dreams in my heart do mean something. Just maybe, just maybe, I'm not going to die in this prison. Just maybe you're going to use me. And I believe Joseph had to start speaking to the silence. He had to say, God, I'm going to stay faithful. God, maybe you're going to use me in this prison. God, maybe at some point I'm going to have another dream. God, I believe that you're with me. God, 
I believe that you're for me. He had to start speaking to his silence. And as he started speaking to his silence, he started growing. They started recognising there's a good man over there. We will put him in charge. We will give him responsibilities. Because he had to start speaking to his silence. You see, there's a sound that needs to be released from you in the midst of your silence. Not after the silence, not when we get the breakthrough, not when we get the answered prayer, because we can all do that then. When we're the other side, it's easy. But when we're smack bang in the middle of the silence, smack bang in the difficulty, smack bang in the unanswered prayer and the I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't want it. When we're smack banging that, that's when you've got to speak to your silence right at that point. That's when you've got to rise up and you've got to say, I can't see it yet, but it's on the way. I can't see it yet, it's on the way. I can't feel it yet, but I know it's going to come. It's not in the bank yet. I can't pay the bill yet, but I know he's going to help me. You've got to speak out to your silence. See, the enemy, he wants to keep you silent. He wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you zipped up, locked down low. But God wants you to speak to your silence. Habakkuk 3 Verse 17 to 19 on the screen there. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, it's silent. Though the labour of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, silent. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high hills. Speak out to your silence. I believe that's what Joseph did. And third and finally, stay faithful in your silence stay faithful. You see, throughout Joseph's 13 years of silence, of being thrown in a prison, of being hidden, one thing Joseph did, he remained faithful. He remained faithful to God from the minute he fell in that pit to the minute he was pulled into the palace. He stayed faithful. It didn't change It didn't compromise. It didn't waver. It didn't go, "Mm, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, maybe. He just stayed faithful. You see? And at the right time, his silence changed from silence into a sound. His sound was the interpretation of a dream that Pharaoh had. 13 years later, we find Joseph 30. He's still in prison and Pharaoh has a dream and they say, we need to find out the meaning of this dream. And suddenly, someone else that had forgotten Joseph said, there's a man 
I think, I think he can help you, Pharaoh. Go get him. Go get him. They brought him. And Joseph said, I know the exact meaning of your dream. Go read it at home. Incredible. He gives Pharaoh the interpretation of the dream. And suddenly, overnight, in a whirlwind, his silence becomes the biggest sound ever. Because he's not just pulled out the prison. He's pulled out the prison into the palace, dressed as a king, and he's second to Pharaoh overnight. Overnight. You see, what got him there? Was it his good looks? Was it his gift of interpretation of dreams? No. It's the fact that he stayed faithful. He stayed faithful to his God, to his Lord. Where do you need to stay faithful this morning? Where's it silent in your life? And where do you need to stay faithful to God? Where do you need to stay faithful to other people and the commitments you've made to them? Where do you need to stay faithful to yourself and the things that you know are important to you and the convictions you hold? Where do you need to stay faithful to those things? What's the things that God has whispered into your ear where you need to stay faithful? You see, it could have been so easy for Joseph just to give up. It could have been so easy for Joseph to think, ditch it, I've had it. I'm sleeping with Potiphar's wife, Nobody will find out. I deserve it. I've been treated terrible. In the prison cell, he could have said, forget it. I'm not helping with anything. I've had it. The dreams, the gift of interpretation, he could have said to God, I don't want it. I'm fed up. Look where it's got me. But no, Joseph stayed faithful. And the call goes out to you today. Stay faithful. In your silence, stay faithful in the season where it's not yet working out, where you've not yet got the answers. Stay faithful. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't ditch it in. Don't stop running. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. And stay faithful because who knows, you might be one more prayer away from your breakthrough, from your sound. You might be one more step of faith away from your silence becoming the biggest sound of your life. You might be one more step away. But God's saying this morning... Stay faithful in your silence. Stay faithful in your silence. God's at work in your silence. Speak out to your silence. Stay faithful in your silence. When I was preparing this on Friday, if you were about to do the most significant thing you were ever going to do, 
How would you set it up? You could have loads of banners, flyers, parties, events, publicity. Let everybody know something big is coming. Let everybody know something significant is on the way. Well, you know what the Word of God shows us? That just before God was going to do the most significant thing he was ever going to do, guess what he made happen first? 400 years of silence. That's the gap between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament when our Jesus came. He didn't send out the publicity and the messengers and get the campaigns rolling. He had 400 years of silence while heaven was getting ready for the most significant thing that was ever going to touch our planet. The arrival of his son onto planet earth. He preceded it by 400 years of silence. And out of that silence came something great. What rang out of the tomb for two days? Silence. He's dead. It's over. Silence. Before the greatest thing that we were ever going to be a part of. The resurrection of his son. Friends, who knows what God is working in your silence and my silence? Who knows what God is setting up for you in your silent seasons if you just stay with the game? Stay faithful. Stay believing. Stay doing the last thing that God told you to do. Don't worry about the next thing. You're not there yet. Just keep doing the last thing that you told you to do. Out of your silence, out of your disappointment, out of your sense of maybe you've been forgotten, hidden. Out of that, I believe, friends, that God has got incredible things lined up all over this room, all over this room. But stay faithful. Stay faithful because he loves you. Time is gone. Time is gone. But I just feel that this message, it demands a response. It's not just a nice message. Oh, that was nice. Let's go home now and eat chicken. This demands a response. Because Joseph's whole life, it demanded a response. A response of faithfulness. So this morning, maybe... You need to believe for the first time, for the next time, that God's at work in your silence. Maybe for you, it's speaking out. Maybe you've got to speak out to that silence. Maybe for you. Come on, come on. You've got to stay faithful. You've got to stay with it. You've got to stay with your eyes on Jesus. Honestly, I think there's something there for all of us. I think if there's blood pumping around your veins this morning, which I hope there still is by the end of this message, I think there's something there for all of us. So I'm going to 
to invite us this morning. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.